In times like these, when I have so many ideas that I want to be working on and so many stories I want to tell, I fall back on a concept that I was studying years ago and that, well, the people that were promoting it never really did much with it and yeah, it all kind of fell apart. But I want to actually explore it with you today. And that's the idea of what is the minimum viable product when it comes to writing. What is the smallest thing that you can get done, put out into the world, and start seeing how people react to it? Start seeing how people are interested in it and start building on it and iterating on it and making it better. So let's talk about that on today's Project Shadow. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name's Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, especially if you're listening to my latest book. Re- reading, reading. Mm, yeah, audiobooks will be a thing someday, but they are not now. Though I am talking with somebody who I think might help me make them a reality, but we'll talk about that more in the future, especially since I don't know if it's going to pan out or not. Anyhow, today we're going to be talking about what is the smallest thing that we can produce as creative people, put out in the world, and start iterating on it to make our ideas better and to attract an audience. But before we get into all that, if you haven't already, please do take a moment to rate this podcast in whatever app you're listening to me on. It really does help out a lot. It tells the algorithms to share the podcast with more people. The more people that listen, the bigger the community, the bigger the community the better the chance we have of actually communicating with each other. And after all, that's why I do this in the first place. Alrighty. So, many, many years ago, when um, the Lean Startup book came out, I got really interested in this because as somebody who runs a creative business and who doesn't have a lot of money to put into it, the idea of being able to start small and grow and iterate and grow and iterate and grow and iterate. It it was fascinating and really helped to teach me a lot of the tools and techniques that I've used over the years. And primarily, one of the places that you've actually witnessed this, if you've been with me for a while, is with this podcast. We have tried various things over the years and looked to see how people like it and based on feedback and the analytics that we get back, you know, I make changes. Now, that's not to say that this show isn't about the things that I want to talk about, because, well, you know, I, I can't shut up about so many topics. So, you know, the analytics help some, but not But along the way, they offered a course that they called Lean Content, and that got me really excited because it was meant for authors and artists and writers and whatnot. And so I did what I do, and I paid for the course, and it it was basically a reiteration of everything that was in the Lean Startup book, but this time they used examples from writers. 
musicians, and artists. And when I say writers, I really should say writer, because really the only example that they had was Justin Simeon, who, don't get me wrong, love his work. Love it, love it, love it. But that is not multiple examples. And his example doesn't actually work for every type of book that we might want to write. If you're not familiar with his work, he is the creator of Dear White People. And the way this project actually got started was initially as a Twitter account, then some YouTube videos, then a movie, and now the Netflix series, which is getting yet another season very soon. And I I can't wait. I, I really do like the show. And that's a wonderful idea. If your story lends itself to social media in that way. And so I look at my own work, and maybe I could do something with uh, my Dragons of Night setting, because it's kind of set in contemporary America, but with some differences because of magic and whatnot. But for the most part, eh, I, I don't see my you know, high fantasy characters on Twitter. And I have an even harder time seeing my space opera characters on Twitter. And it's mainly because I don't see how to translate that over. And that may just be my age and my lack of foresight. So if this is something that you can do, do it. And I've played with it over the years. I've done the little stories where you try to tell a story that's the size of a tweet and played around with that. And I've had fun doing that, but I'm I'm not exactly sure, at least for the type of fiction that I tell, that that's the best way to do something like that. Now, enter World Anvil. And I know I've talked about them a lot, and no, they are not a sponsor of this podcast, at least not at time of recording. I have to say it that way because ads get reinserted into these, so who knows, maybe later, but as of recording this, they are not a sponsor. And yeah, I look at it, And I think to myself, that's a perfect place for me to develop a minimum viable product for most of these things. So just to be clear, because some people get lost in this idea of what an MVP is. An MVP is the minimum viable product. Literally, what is the smallest thing that you can do with the least features that will take the least time, but is a complete product that you can put out there for people to look at, and you can start iterating and changing things from there. For a lot of writers, their MVP is unfortunately their novels. And this is something that I've done a lot over the years, where I've spent months to years working on a book to put it out there to see what people think about it. And then feedback comes back in and It's feedback that you didn't get from your beta readers and the other people that helped you along the way in the process of getting the book done. And you're like, hmm, that would have made this better or that better or the other thing better. So what is a minimum viable product for a writer? I have very mixed feelings about this, and I've kind of come to a place where I have two decisions. I am of two minds when it comes to answering this question. First, I think we can talk about the short story. Short stories, novelettes, and novellas, they take less time to write. They're fun to write, and they're short. They're small, and they're completely self-contained. Which is kind of 
an important part of narrative, which is kind of an important part of the minimum viable product here, right? So maybe writing short stories is the way to do this. And I've done this actually for myself a lot over the years, and I don't I've shared some of them, but I haven't really shared a lot of them because I haven't found a good home for them. I don't know if it's my personal website. I've tried putting them on Medium, tried putting them on Wattpad. Short stories, from my perspective, especially if you're doing sci-fi and fantasy, have a hard time finding a home because, especially if they're a part of an ongoing project that you're working on, you don't want to sell them to an anthology that may claim certain rights over the character setting and story itself. And... Uh, becomes a thing. So short stories, novelettes, and novellas, I think, are a very interesting way to get in this. And there's something that I have done. When I first had the idea for the Dragons of Night setting, the first two things that I did is I created a piece of artwork, and I created a a fake magazine article written in setting. And you can actually find it. It's over on the World Anvil for Dragons of Night and just search for Rise of the Ryukishi. And this was my attempt to play around and kind of create some characters and fill out this world and see if it felt like something that I wanted to spend more time in or something that I felt like I could spend more time in. For several of the novel ideas that I'm currently working on, I've actually taken the time to write some short works to test out the characters, test out the setting, test out some of the ideas, and see if they are where I want them to be. Most of those will never see the light of day because the problems often become very apparent early on and the writing stops. The writing shuts down because, oh, well, this isn't working. The dynamics between these characters just isn't right. And it's not something that I want to have to fix and edit. It's something that I should at least have a better grasp of before starting to actually write the story. So as kind of a previs pre-visualization of the setting, it's something that I found very useful. But now I'm starting to wonder if this may be something that I want to play around with more for the stories themselves, for the worlds themselves, and actually putting these out there. I can test out the worlds, I can test out the characters, I can test out the settings, and see if they start attracting attention, start attracting readers, start attracting people to them that may or may not help me get a grasp on what people are interested in. So half of me is really on this short story kick. Because in a way, in a very light way, it's kind of like writing a novel, but much quicker and easier to get out there, easier to digest. It's less to ask people to invest in to start building interest in a setting. So maybe that's the way to go. But remember I brought up World Anvil? Yeah, they really are cog, a broken cog in the entire works, and I'll explain why. One of my great loves is role-playing. I love role-playing games. I do, from computer games to tabletop games. And one of the things that I have enjoyed over the years is reading a really well-put-together role-playing game. I also really enjoy guidebooks and source books, and as I say this, I have a stack that's probably a foot high next to me 
of Star Trek source books that I pulled out for inspiration. Because these are things that I like reading, be it the tech manuals, the survival guides, the star charts, the worlds of the Federation. Yeah, I really enjoy reading those things. And then I got to thinking, well, why not just do one of those in World Anvil? Because that's basically world building. But then I have an idea of what a minimum viable product looks like. And I can put it together and test it out. Start playing around with it. See what happens. It's work that I'll have to do anyway. And that's where the trouble starts. (laughs) Because I really like this idea of trying to use World Anvil to decide between the settings that I'm working on. Not necessarily just to look at which one gets a bigger audience, but which one captures my time and my imagination and my thought process the most. Because, let's be honest, readers are wonderful and I love them. And anybody out there who's ever read any of my work, thank you so much. But the hardest part is getting the story finished. And so finding a setting that I can spend the time in and the energy in to actually get to the point of being done with a book, that's really the hard part. So taking the time, the energy, and the effort to build something, and either on a personal website, or I'm probably going to be using World Anvil for this, that allows me to explore these settings, explore these worlds, and really build it out to a point where I feel comfortable writing in them. I get to tell my stories, I get to tell some of the stories of the past, and things that will be important for the world itself. And I get to put it out there to see what people are interested in. And that may sound like a very simple revelation. And I'm sure a lot of people are already doing that. But to me, it's the categorization that's important here. Looking at something like world, a World Anvil site as a minimum viable product makes you start asking questions like, what do you need to have? What are the, what, what pages have to be made for it to be viable? At what point do you have the nucleus of the setting up there? Well, that's interesting. That makes you have to start really digging into the idea and honing in on what makes the world special. Because you could spend an infinite amount of time world building. So taking the time first to actually come up with a content strategy plan of what what elements are required for this to be a minimal viable product. That's why I pulled out my Star Trek guidebooks, not to copy them or to glean ideas from them, but to see what makes each one a book. Because I can look at the sections, I can look at the topics that they cover and how they round themselves out into a product and a finished work. And I can use that to devise for myself and for my projects. Oh, so if I'm going to be doing that one, first I need to figure these things out. And now I have more or less a template that I can follow, a model that I can look at and say, once I have these pages done, that is my minimum viable product. That is 
at least the kernel of a story that somebody could get into and start looking at and feeling out and starting to see if they're actually interested in this. I like this idea. And I like this categorization because my problem with world building is I am kind of a Tolkien style writer when it comes to this. I could spend all my time doing world building and not even think about actually writing a book. Remember, a lot of Tolkien's creative products were designed as vehicles for the languages that he was building. The languages were, for the most part, what really fascinated him, as was the Silmarillion. And the construction of The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings was kind of a tertiary adjunct onto what he was already doing. And that's kind of where I find myself a lot of times in writing, is I really enjoy the world-building process. I really enjoy sitting there and figuring out this culture and that culture and this language and that language and the history of this and the mythology of that. And it's a lot of things that wouldn't make for a book, a novel, shall we say, but makes for an interesting story in and of itself. But by putting this limiter on there, that I'm doing a guidebook. I have parameters. I have rules that I can construct for myself on how to put this together. And I'm not going to share with you, at least not in this episode, what um, templates I'm doing for this. And that's not because I wanted to be a jerk and I wanted to save it for myself. It's more, I haven't decided on which model to use because I'm looking at various role-playing games and how they present their worlds. And I'm also looking, like I said, at the stack of Star Trek books that I have over here and how they explore different aspects of the setting. And I'm debating actually which to do first and in what order and how, how this process should actually unfold. But I wanted to get you thinking about this concept because I think it's one that we as creatives need to focus in on more. Because the more I hear people talking about what it takes to be successful in today's market, it's basically crank out a bunch of books and eventually you'll make, enough, make some money. That's nice. And I'm not going to say that I'm not going to be cranking out a bunch of books. And I'm not saying that I don't want to be cranking out a bunch of books. But having said that, I think it's important for us to focus in on and hone our craft to the point where we're making the books that we want to write. Because I could write a bunch of crap really easily, easily and really quickly. And I'm not saying that that's what other people are doing. I'm just saying that's what would happen to me if I decided to just become a story factory. But that's because I don't have the depth of understanding and the rootedness in the settings that I'm working on. Now, if you asked me to crank out a bunch of Star Trek books or Star Wars books or any of the fandoms that I'm really into, you know, I could probably crank out a lot of books in those settings really, really quickly. Aha! So now you see the secondary bonus to this project. If I can create enough backstory to really get myself into the setting, really get myself immersed into this world, then I can create whatever I want, and as fast as I want. I don't know if you can hear McGonagall in the background. She just jumped up here and started purring really loudly. So enjoy the purrs if you can hear them. Um, but yeah, 
So that's kind of the goal right now. I'd really love to know what you think about this. If you can in the show notes, please click the uh, voice message link and let me know what you think. You can also let me know any questions, topics, or feedback that you have. I'd love to hear from you. If you uh, haven't rated the show already, please do so. That helps me out a lot. If you have any... uh, Oh, I hate this part. If you have any money that you can pass my way, it really does help out a lot. In the show notes, you'll find a link to both the uh, listener support and my Patreon. Anything you can do really does help out a lot, and thank you to everybody who already does that. If you don't have any money right now or you don't feel like giving, don't worry about it. But if you know somebody that you think would like anything that I do, do share it with them. That helps out immensely as well. Alrighty. Well, I'm going to get to work on all of this. And until next time, don't forget to have the fun. Bye.